All right, Jeremy, what do you have today? Raging wildfires in Canada. Still? They're still raging. They're going to keep raging. What do you have? I have social media panic in the streets. Blinken goes to China. And Hunter Biden's shocking, shocking plea deal. Okay, people, let's begin. Lift off. We have lift off. Are you ready to be baited with the truth? Good, because you're listening to the Truth Bait Podcast. I'm documentary filmmaker and podcaster Andrew Marcus. And with me always as we deconstruct America's propaganda war is documentary filmmaker, podcaster, and the only political strategist you should be listening to, Jeremy Siegel. Hello, Jeremy. How are you? Shouldn't they be listening to you? Uh, I'm not a political strategist, Jeremy. I'm a documentary I'm filmmaker a and podcaster. Strategist. <laughs> Weren't you listening? I'm not a political <laughs> strategist. Get up, everybody. Get up. Get up. You didn't you didn't tell everybody to get up. No, because I am still uh, handicapped by the shorter version of our truth bait intro music uh, because I'm not in my home studio. I don't know if anybody oh. can tell the difference if my audio quality is perceivably different, but I'm not in my home studio. I'm on the road, and I unfortunately, <laughs> this happened the last time I was on the road, too, and I forgot that I have, this is the original loop, and then a few episodes in, I went back and, and re-engineered the loop to make it longer, and, uh, and it's sitting at my... my Home so you could fit get up everybody into I, it. Uh, yes. No, I just wanted to have more room. Uh, I, I ran out. I ran out introing you. Uh, I see. I, I ran out before I even said your name. I can't say it fast enough, and you I'm had, rushing through it. I I don't know if you've been listening. If you listened to the last one, I, I, I'm like yeah. speeding through it. But you did have time to call me the only political strategist anyone should be listening that's to. right so you probably could have fit in the get up everybody but anyways starting with the liftoff is fine do you know that the the that we have liftoff has become a phrase now that is commonly used in my household oh. by my children ladies and gentlemen we have liftoff my kids will be like you know we don't do much tv Hardly any, but occasionally there's a couple shows or, you know, nature stuff that uh, our kids watch. And so they'll be like, oh, can, you know, something will be happening. Like uh, my wife and I, executive producer, and we'll have a meeting or somewhere to go. And they'll be like, can we watch TV? And we'll be like, sure. And then all three or four or five of them go, we have liftoff. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> totally comes from them having heard the intro to this show 35 times now. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, you didn't let them listen to the so, first nine test episodes. Well, we didn't have liftoff at those episodes. 
Did we? Uh, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. Don't Anyways. Know. Uh, wow. It's bi- so. I, I had the I had my entire uh, setup ready for this episode, and then the Hunter Biden plea deal drops, and I decided to you know try and put something together. Is that a big story? It's a huge story. Everybody's freaking out. Uh, Who's freaking out? I haven't even heard about it. Did you hear that Blinken went to China? Well, I mean, I heard. I've heard about. I've heard about it. I heard Blinken went to ch- China. I have been. I've been a little bit buried in other things uh, than news this week, but I. I have seen some headlines come across. Blinken, What's going on with Hunt? We'll get to. We'll get to Hunter. Hunter. Let's uh, the, the, consider that a tease. I just teased the Hunter Biden okay. story. <laughs> Let's. All right, let, hold on. Before that, so everyone knows, we're gonna get to Hunter. So right now, go share the show. Everybody, mm-hmm. share the show. Yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Oh, look at, look at that. I'm I'm scrubbing on here. Oh, that, see, how did that? Oh, is that blinking? Blinking? That is blinking. Uh, yeah. So blinking went to China. You know. We've talked about this in previous episodes. The United States has basically been begging China to uh, reopen communications. They have shut down all communications with our government uh, since the uh, since we shot their uh, balloon out of the sky, and uh, so they've been v- very angry with the United States, and we've been begging. Who's that them. according to? Who's that? According that is according to, to, to the media, media narrative? narrative. Is that okay. they they won't talk to us? Don't and according to the Truth Bait podcast, we've covered this. They wouldn't talk to us. Uh, uh, Secretary of Defense Austin uh, went to some military gathering where the uh, Defense Minister in China, his his counterpart, they barely spoke to each other. They had one handshake. They. they there have been no contacts at all. And a, a, the big deal is the military-to-military contacts. They, the American military seems to be very desperate to have, have uh, hotline communication, the uh, regular communication with their counterparts in the uh, Communist uh, uh, People's Liberation Army. So, uh, But Blinken went, and there were a couple of other people that went uh, to China, it, it, at, like right at this exact same time, and the contrast between how these people were treated was stunning. Uh, Bill Gates went and met with G, and apparently this is a huge deal because normally she uh, doesn't meet with any business people like that. He's above that, and like he didn't he didn't meet with musk he didn't meet with tim cook he didn't meet with anybody else but he did meet with with bill gates and i don't have a clip was bill of- gates with blinken no not so he met with bill gates just like on his and own and it was uh, rolled out the red carpet they the optics of what happened here is I think really important to understanding where all of this is. The so Bill Gates visits with she and the 
propaganda photo opportunities are of the two of them sitting. You know when the president has a state visit, somebody in the Oval Office, and they both sit in those chairs in front of the fireplace? Yeah. And it, and it creates yeah, an the optic interviews. that they're equal, right? They're, they're These are two, you know, neither one of them is is dominant over the other, visually. Well, I mean, it... it yeah, I don't know. I would maybe put a little... I don't know if it creates the optic that they're equal. Well, it doesn't it create the, the optic, optic that, that they're having a meet. It creates the optic that they're having a meeting. Um. Okay. Well, so that's what they did with Bill Gates. And then there was also Mahmoud Abbas, uh, the leader of the Palestinian Authority. Yasser Arafat's yeah. old job. And he went to China. And China has now struck a, a, huge, a, a new relationship and offered a three-point plan for peace w- uh, between the Palestinians and Israel. And Abbas is actually getting a lot of grief because of the way that the Communist Party is basically, you know, it has moved on to a new section of China, moved on from the Uyghurs. Uh, and we've talked about this, too, where they've moved on from the Uyghurs to the more ethnically Chinese Muslims. Uh, and they're now clamping down on them and destroying all of their mosques and assimilating them and putting them, probably putting them in camps. I don't have reports of that yet, but, uh, uh, and now Abbas and the rest of the Muslim world is like, yeah, that's an internal matter <laughs> for China. We're really not going to get in the, in the middle of their internal matter. Uh, uh it's really, it, that's, it's pretty gross, but to the point, uh, which is the contrast between how they received Abbas. It's again, it's like Bill Gates. Abbas gets a full red carpet state visit, uh, military brass, the, the, the whole, par- like a parade. Uh, 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 it's uh, just a total ego stroking of Abbas and demonstrating to the world how China treats someone that they like. And then they have their meeting, and, and it's G on one side of a huge table, and a boss on the other side of the of a huge table. And again, it's it is a you know I'm not saying that you don't obviously know that there's a power imbalance between the two parties, but visually, optically, they're each placed equally at a table. Not one is not yeah. dominant over the other. Then along comes Anthony Blinken our Secretary of State, the first visit in, I think it's now uh, three years since anybody's been there. Uh, And nobody greets him, basically. (laughs) I I think the foreign minister did greet him at the airport, but there was no pageantry at all. They gave him the White House BB treatment. Oh, well, better than that. BB, BB hasn't been... And you're you're getting to the end of my segment, but BB hasn't uh, been to the White House at all. Uh, so um, now, and then Blinken has his meeting with Xi, and in that meeting, it's a totally different visual. They're at one large table. Xi is at the end of the table, like he is the master of the of the house, and Blinken mm-hmm. is sitting on the corner, like he is like the oldest son. You know, like begging dad for more allowance money. Visually, yeah, I'm was, looking. I see the picture. Oh, I pulled it up. Yeah, 
I mean, that is, and it looks like it looks like he looks like Xi is the king of China. Yes, it's got a background mural of like the beautiful Chinese countryside without the pollution. Yeah, and bunch of other people in masks. And what does Blinken look like? Yeah, Blinken looks like he's like, do I get my allowance first, <laughs> Dad? He's a vassal. <laughs> Right? Isn't yeah. that the word? Yeah. Uh, and then after the meeting, Blinken has a long press conference at the American Embassy. And here is what I have from that. Let's listen to this first clip. We are clear-eyed about the challenges posed by the PRC. The United States will advance a vision for the future that we share with so many others. A free, open, stable, and prosperous world with countries upholding and updating the rules-based order that has, for years, safeguarded peace and security globally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are we really following that rules-based order? Yeah. Uh, last I could tell, we have uh, bioweapons programs. I'm sorry. Uh, Bio-research programs around the world. Uh, possibly doing work that violates the Nuremberg Code, right? Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Nuremberg, where they outlawed this, the the germ warfare yep. research. Mm-hmm. Doing it in Ukraine, uh, we seem to be at war everywhere, and we're rigging elections at home. Yeah, we're really in a position of some credibility. Some might call it World War Three. Here's more. On Taiwan, I reiterated the longstanding U.S. One China policy. Uh, that policy has not changed. It's guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques, the six assurances. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side. We continue to expect the peaceful resolution of cross-strait differences. We remain committed to meeting our responsibilities under the Taiwan Relations Act including making sure that Taiwan has the ability to defend itself. All right, so that's everybody was freaking out about that, saying that's Blinken giving the CCP a green light to invade Taiwan. I saw that. I saw a headline about that. I don't think it does that. I think it. it what he's, all he's saying is, Hey, we just want the status quo the way it's been the last 40 years, 50 years. Let's go back to that. I mean, he's well, he says at the end they could defend they could defend themselves. See, this is what I mean, Isn't that how it was? It, it has We talked you had that whole big you know, uh, segment on the three communications. That's that right. Time kind of laid it all out. So how is this different? It 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 is a return to exactly the same. There's nothing different. And really, the only thing that is, I think, glaring about it is that I think the CCP has moved on from that. They they see that we have been, that we're uh, duplicitous on this issue. They see that we, uh, you know, again, from their perspective, we have promised them that we would draw down our arms sales to Taiwan. And 
At the same time, we also promised Taiwan that we would continue selling arms to them. <laughs> We've played both well, sides of this with all parties. Uh, yeah, and what was that thing? You also brought it a couple weeks ago with McCarthy. Where uh, and didn't, were you talking about where the president of Taiwan visited McCarthy? Yeah. Yeah, and then China went crazy and, and basically terrorized Taiwan for three days with war games around the right. island. Yeah. Right. So, oh, but they don't even the, mention do you, that in, in in when they in Blinken's uh, uh, summation of what he talked about and in, in, in all the talking points, they don't even mention any of that. It's all about uh, wanting to have the military to military contacts because there have been those risky maneuvers where you know a jet has crossed in front of one of our airplanes. We've talked about that, or where one of their boats goes in front of our boat, and we've talked about that as well. So they have those like risky you know uh, uh, gamesmanship moments in the Taiwan Straits and in the South China Sea. So. Uh, but they don't mention at all the three days of terrorizing war games that occurred. No, but what I'm curious is if the two events are connected, if it's like the McCarthy event is connected to this, where McCarthy, if I recall correctly, you were sort of pointing out like he was basically taking a really sort of tough stance or position against China in that situation. Yes. Was he not? He was. And in this case, he was Blinken talking is right. And then in this case, Blinken is kind of saying, no, no, everything's the way it's always been. Well, yeah. So from the American position, there is no contradiction. The American position is basically, uh, Look, if we felt that you were not going to roll over Taiwan, of course we would stop selling arms, and that's what we meant in our agreement. But because you are so aggressive, we're never going to stop selling arms, and we're completely within the spirit of 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 the agreements that we've made. That's that's how they feel about it. They don't feel it contradicts it at all. I look at the end of the day. What's the game? being played here. We know that we we use Taiwan as a thorn in the Communist Party of China's side. And guess what? The Communist Party of China knows it too. And they don't care about the status quo anymore. They have made the calculation that this is the United States humiliating them and that they are no longer going to be humiliated by the United States. They're overtaking the United States. They're going mm-hmm. to take Taiwan to, to show the rest of the world that they've overtaken the United States. Mm-hmm. Here, listen to this. During my meeting today with U.S. business leaders who are operating in China, I heard about the problems that U.S. businesses are facing, including recent punitive actions against American firms. I also heard that U.S. companies want to continue and indeed grow their businesses here. So after everything... <laughs> Even as they're complaining about the draconian things that are happening to them, they still want to continue doing business in China and growing their businesses in China. And so, in my meetings, I sought to clarify any misperceptions or misunderstandings about our approach. Oh, and here, show title coming in. There is a profound difference for the United States and uh, for many other countries between de-risking and decoupling. 
We are for de-risking and diversifying. That means investing in our own capacities and in secure, resilient supply chains, pushing for level playing fields for our workers and our companies, defending against harmful trade practices, and protecting our critical technologies so that they aren't used against us. So de-risking, I think, is the, yeah. is the show title. De-risking, degrowth... What was the last one? These they've got the it's it's almost as if they never had any books written by Orwell. Depopulate, I think, was the last one. Yeah, depopulate. Uh, and huh. when you listen to that, what did it does it sound? For, forget the the de-risking. When you listen to the to the substance of what he said there, and I can play it again if you want. It should sound familiar. Here, this is here. And so, in my meetings, I sought to clarify any misperceptions or misunderstandings about our approach. There is a profound difference for the United States and uh, for many other countries between de-risking and decoupling. We are for de-risking and diversifying. That means investing in our own capacities and in investing in our own capacities and secure. Resilient supply chains. Securing resilient supply chains. Pushing for level playing fields. Pushing for, for level playing fields. In our companies. Defending against harmful trade practices. Defending against harmful trade practices. And protecting our critical technologies so that they aren't used against us. So basically protecting us from having our intellectual property stolen from us. Mm-hmm. Does any of that sound familiar? That was Trump. That was huh. everything Trump stood for. They totally vilified him for it. That was the that was the well, premise of Trump's confrontation with China is that they were ripping us off. Yeah, but yeah, but Trump was a Nazi. Right. The, all the only difference is that they put it in flowery language, BS language. That China's not going to respect that. I'm sure China had more respect for Trump. At least being honest. This is just... Yeah. They should call it uh, D-taking advantage of. <laughs> I just found it very uh, amusing that, that the, their position is in, indistinguishable from Trump's. Trump just would say it honestly out loud. In my meetings, I also discussed human rights. The United States and the international community remain deeply concerned about PRC human rights violations, including in Xinjiang, in Tibet, in Hong Kong. That's rich. That's really rich. You know why that's really rich? There is growing outrage why? after a New York Times investigation which found that many migrant children who come to the U.S. without their parents here are working 12-hour shifts or more at factories, even though it violates child labor laws. Hmm. The Times found that, quote, migrant child labor benefits both under-the-table operations and global corporations. In Los Angeles, children stitch Made in America tags into J. Crew shirts. Middle schoolers made Fruit of the Loom socks in Alabama. In Michigan, children make auto parts used by Ford and General Motors. Kids have been coming across the border in record numbers. More than 300,000 of these kids have come here just since Biden took office. I should have changed the sound effect to... 
That would have been more appropriate. Yeah, right. And whereas they used to mostly come and be reunited with their parents, most are now actually going to relatives, distant relatives, sometimes even strangers. And they're ending up in these horrible situations where they're on the hook for rent, for living expenses. A lot of them are in debt to the people that they're living with. And they have to go work the most punishing jobs in the country. I think I talked over something really key that she said, which actually shocked me a little bit until I realized what was going on. Let me let me see. Let me play this again. This is a New York Times investigative reporter talking on MSNBC. Kids have been coming across the border in record numbers. More than 300,000 of these kids have come here just since Biden took office. Huh? Doesn't hmm. that that almost sounded like the New York Times on MSNBC attacking Joe Biden? Kids have been coming That's across the border in record numbers. More than 300,000 of these kids have come here just since Biden took office. <laughs> oh. Good to know. Huh. Yeah, but I Okay. I yeah, I think Again, it was it was a little shocking until I, you know, realized, you know, yeah, because they're going to take Biden out. They're not going to let him run again. <laughs> he's not going to run again. Yes, he is. He's their guy. He's the guy. <laughs> he is the guy. <laughs> then they're going to take him out right after the reelection, right? Right after they yeah, shoot him back in. But this is this is in preparation I, of taking him out. They're going to take him out. My, but the point of that was not that. That wasn't why I played that. I played that because we have children in 2023, immigrant, sorry, uh, illegal alien migrant children who have been smuggled over the border and are now working for for J. Crew, for Ford, for the big American corporations. And we're going to criticize China? It'd be nice if we were in a position to criticize somebody on their human rights violations, but we engineered this. Oh, and then and then there's other things like this is an NBC News special report. Here's Peter Alexander. Good morning. This is an NBC News special report. NBC News has learned that disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein is dead. Yeah, <laughs> he killed himself, apparently. So we have child slave labor. We have high-profile prisoners uh, allegedly murdering themselves. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Committing suicide. All the cameras just didn't happen to work, and all the guards were uh, asleep and off-duty. Yeah. We are in no position to criticize anybody's human rights violations. And and China's human rights violations are very real. No. One yeah, of the I I mean it's un, it's 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 ugly. I mean it's the current status of this government is ugly. It's like Obama when you know how everyone used to freak out when uh he said things like when he said uh, he was talking about American exceptionalism and America's like, you know, I, he said, I believe, I believe America's exceptional. 
Just uh, like uh, every other country's exceptional. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right? And everybody freaked out. But he's kind of right. Well, what's exceptional you know? is not America, or even Americans at this point, although both have the potential. What's exceptional is our Constitution. What's exceptional is our founding. That's what's exceptional. We don't live up to it. It was. Yeah, we don't live right. up to it anymore. Yeah. That's that's right. what's now uh, completely routine. Yeah. Uh, here's more. What if one? Oh, I'm sorry. What? I was gonna say we could. What if we demarxified? <laughs> <laughs> Can we demarxify our country? There'll be a day when you won't be able to find anybody who knew anyone who was Marxist, if all goes according to plan. One of the important things for me to do on this trip was to disabuse our Chinese hosts of the notion that we are seeking to economically contain them. We're not. Uh, and as I've said, we are not about decoupling. We're about de-risking and diversifying. However... Is it diversifying? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> However, what is clearly in our interest is making sure that certain specific technologies that China may be using to, for example, advance its uh, very opaque nuclear weapons program, to build hypersonic missiles, uh, to uh, use technology uh, that uh, may have repressive purposes, it's not in our interest to provide that technology uh, to China. No, we want to keep those technologies for repressive purposes here at home, <laughs> where we're using it to silence our critics. I mean, once yeah. again, who in the world are we to talk? And we already provided them with the technology they're using for their surveillance and their, and their censorship. The reason that Bill... So Bill Gates... Uh, and I heard this on No Agenda. People should listen to the No Agenda podcast. Uh, they were talking about that Bill Gates, uh, Bing is the only foreign search engine allowed in China. That's Microsoft. Oh. Yeah. And didn't Cisco sell them a bunch of their routers and, and servers? And, uh, I, all right. Well, the American fingerprints are all over it. The same way American uh, corporate fingerprints were all over arming the Nazis. The, the, the Nazi blitzkrieg happened because our what, General Motors, European division, Opel, armed the Nazis. So really nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. The American corporations, and really all Western corporations, international corporations, have, have absolutely armed China with all the tools they need to repress their citizens. We did it gleefully. We didn't care. And we use the technology on ourselves, too. So it's all garbage. The next question goes to Marcelo Nino with O Globo. Um, and here's the only real question of this entire press conference from O Globo, which I believe is uh, Brazil. I have a question about the BRICS countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, um, South Africa. And the last year, China has been giving um, um, special importance to, to the BRICS. Um, um, uh, and even though the government says it's not an anti-China, anti-US bloc, many people see it this way. Um, uh, China wants to expand the BRICS. There's 
almost 20 countries already lining up to join the BRICS, mostly from uh, Global South. And uh, my president, President Lula, uh, here in China said that, um, uh, uh, criticized very strongly the dominance of the dollar uh, in the world economy. So my question is, how does the U.S. government see the BRICS? Does it, does it see it as a China-led challenge to the, to the to the West and to the United States? Thank you. Now that was a, it's that's a challenging question, unless of course the State Department wants this guy to ask this question so that Blinken can make the comment that he wants to make. But listening to the answer, I don't think that's the case. Well, first is a general proposition. We have long stood for the proposition that. Uh, <laughs> so first, <laughs> first of all, the, the proposition <laughs> is that we've always stood for the proposition. General proposition. <laughs> we have long stood for the proposition that uh, countries should be able to freely associate with other countries in any groupings that they want. It's something that we stand very strongly for and have defended for a long, long time. Uh, when it comes to the BRICS, we're deeply engaged with its leading members. In fact, this week, Prime Minister Modi of India will be in Washington for a state visit. And of course, we welcomed President Lula to Washington uh, several months ago, uh, where he had a very uh, productive and constructive meeting uh, with President Biden. So we're engaged across the board uh, with uh, members of, uh, of the BRICS, and we'll continue to do that. And that was the totality of the answer to the question, is the BRICS uh, system being lined up against the United States? <laughs> Blinken's non-answer was very revealing, frankly. It is a threat. BRICS is a threat, and Blinken doesn't even know how to answer the question. Well, I don't know. He's he's uh, par for the course, I guess, with the current administration. Yeah, well, you know, he's the guy who organized the Intel letter, the infamous Intel letter signed by 50, uh, 50 members of the Intel oh, agency. Is that him? Yeah, the, about Hunter Biden, uh, about the laptop being a, a Russian disinformation campaign. That was him. I don't know anything he about organized any laptops. That. Yeah. Yeah, right. I don't know anything We're almost about done with any laptops. Nike Chang with voice. <laughs> Wait, you don't know anything about what? The laptops? Any laptops? <laughs> no. Well, you know, they flooded the zone with so much stuff. Who knows what, of what we saw was actually real? But as you that I believe, you, but yeah. the, the the interesting thing about the Hunter story, which we're about to get to, it it is, uh, it's very revealing. I think in terms of how much of the information, I think basically the the main facts that we all felt that we learned from that laptop turned out to be absolutely true. But here, we're almost done with Blinken. Nike Chang with Voice of America. How did you, how did Okay. <laughs> Her name is Nike? Nike Chang from Voice of America. Voice of America. Jeremy, who funds Voice of America? America? Yeah. And specifically, which, which, which uh, agency administers the Voice of America? This, that I don't yeah, know. The State Department. Is that right? This is the State Department asking itself a question. <laughs> Total sock puppet. 
Nike yeah, Ching, Nike Boys Chang. Of America. Yeah. Why How didn't they Nike get the Ching? one from uh, with the Mexic the uh, Hispanic <laughs> one of last Tariano. week? Right? Does Nike Chang have a Chinese accent? Uh, here, Nike Chang with Voice of America. How did you? How do you respond to China's position that yeah. Taiwan is an internal issue that is not on, not an American concern, and upon which where um, there is no room for compromise? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we um, oppose. We. Uh, I, I just have to tell you, I. He sounds about as smart as uh, that guy up in Canada, <laughs> Trudeau. Trudeau. <laughs> uh, he. Uh, I, I edited this. I don't, I don't want to create the impression that that this was his direct response. I cut out a tiny bit of garbage in between the beginning of his answer <laughs> and the and the thrust of it. So I just I didn't want to create the impression that this was the beginning of his answer because it. I just realized that edited that way, it sounds like he, he sounds even dumber than he is. So, Oh, so you did that to him? You selectively edited I did. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we um, oppose. We, uh, Why would you admit to that? Uh, Taiwan's independence. <laughs> I, I literally, I didn't take anything out of context. <laughs> okay. I don't think you should have admitted it. <laughs> well, because this is the Truth Bait podcast. I'm not going to... I wanted to make sure, to, you know, to, to be transparent. Well, we could have had a good controversy. <laughs> Here, I'll play it again. It's not on, not an American concern, and upon which where um, there is no room for compromise. Thank you. Thank uh, you. We um, oppose. We uh, do not support uh, Taiwan's independence. We've made clear that we oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo uh, by either side. Uh, we've been clear and consistent in our policy, and it's very important that we preserve the status quo that has helped maintain peace and stability across the strait for decades. Yeah, I just found it very interesting that uh, that they were uh, that they had they asked themselves a question. <laughs> It's the it's a total sock puppet sock puppet move, and so it tells you that they he wants to be asked about Taiwan repeatedly. He wants this to be about Taiwan. I, you know, again, I I don't think you could rule out the element of this or factor out the element of this of where there is a cabal of elite people in the West and probably in the East as well who are looking to eliminate a gigantic portion of the population and a nice war would really do that. Multiple wars yeah, would do that. They already started. Uh, here, That's why G, G and his buddy Bill Gates are hanging out. They're planning the next uh, virus drop is what they're doing. They're planning the next bat soup. Last clip of Blinken. It's a short one. Over the past two and a half years, the United States has taken a series of purposeful strategic steps, both at home and abroad, to strengthen our country and our standing around the world. Uh, we've made historic investments in our infrastructure, technology, industrial capacity, competitiveness. We've deepened our engagement and alignment with allies and partners around the world in ways that would have been unimaginable a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like Israel. <laughs> we've been we've been really 
f- uh, just d- discovering new levels of friendship with Israel. Here's the former ambassador uh, to Israel from the United States. Uh, the prime minister is the democratically elected leader of Israel. Israel is the most important ally of America in the Middle East, maybe in the entire world. Uh, they know each other a long time, as you uh, as you point out. He's really one of the uh, the best known leaders in the world today. He's been a great friend of America his whole life, and uh, President Biden, while he's invited, uh, you know, Naftali Bennett, who was the prior prime minister, to visit the White House, he refuses to invite Netanyahu. And it's not it's not the discourtesy that bothers me so much. Uh, Netanyahu is a big boy; he can handle that. But it's the message which uh, Biden is sending to the world at this critical time when he's speaking with Iran and he's negotiating you know, with Russia, China, at least that's what they're, they're, they're trying to do. To send this message that there's daylight between America and Israel is, is dangerous and very counterproductive. But that's what's happening. And I would just make a mm. comment. Uh, <sighs> so, you know, you really think about it, you basically have China... Uh, showing absolute fidelity with the Palestinians and America completely shunning Israel right now, Mm. isolating Israel. And I'm sorry, I'm going to place a big chunk of the blame right at the feet of American Jews who are silent through this. And silence is consent. And certainly not all American Jews... There are many American Jews who are against this and vocal against it. But there are so many American Jews who seem to support this. And I just don't understand it. Well, you sound like an anti-Semite. I could understand why somebody would accuse me of that. They'd be wrong, (laughs) but I could see that. (laughs) <laughs> because if you criticize anything, you're anti that, right? If you have any criticism, it's possible I have this criticism because I love the Jewish community and really wish it wasn't doing this. Oh, no, you're hate. You're hateful. That was hateful. Yeah. That was hate speech. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go report this show to Apple Podcasts. Right? We're going to lose our sponsors. <laughs> uh, well, that's blinking goes to China. Very exciting. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the One of the main narratives out there, the, the, there are two main narratives I've seen in the mainstream about this whole visit. One is it was a failure for America because we, don't, we still don't have military direct military ties with them anymore. They're, they're still shunning us, and we're begging. Uh, and the other is that the only reason that China really is even looking to rewarm relations with us or thaw relations, as they say, is because their their uh, economy is in a tailspin, and they can't afford to cut us off any more than we can afford to cut them off because we don't produce anything. So we're stuck with each other, which maybe was exactly what people intended <laughs> was to have us intertwined so that we wouldn't fight with each other. Yeah, that's why we won't be decoupling. We'll only be de-risking. de-risking. Yeah, I think China has another idea. <laughs> China, they're like it's like a mafia country. Well, not too much unlike ours, apparently. Uh, but they're even. I think they're even more ruthless. They they they're not going to put up a de-risking. You don't de-risk. That sets a very bad precedent. They're going to have to come down on us hard. 
before other countries de-risk. They can't let us set that example. Well, I'm sure they won't. At least we have a strong leader. <laughs> oh, yeah, that we do. Um, and we will get to our strong leader and his son, but... I'm going to tease that some more. I want to. I want to do one other thing before we do that. Uh, What's that? So we were sent a clip by Janice in Arizona, and I'm going to tell you right now this this is without question the longest clip we will have ever played to date on the Truth Bait podcast, and it's so long that I'm going to tell people how long it is. Did you hear how excited I got? I'm going to tell people how long it is yeah it is nine minutes long no (laughs) sorry it's nine minutes and 59 seconds long whoa yeah that's 10 minutes it's long jeremy i think this is an important clip i think it's worth it and because this is a podcast ladies and gentlemen i've just told you it's 10 minutes long and we will play this Let's, as a courtesy to our listeners, we'll play this from start to finish. We won't break it up. So if people feel like they've had it, they they don't want, they don't need to listen to any more of it. They, you have my permission. Fast forward. It will be over ten minutes from when it started. So all you have to do is mark Nine the start time. Nine minutes and fifty nine seconds. Well, and uh, eight frames. So I think you just round okay. up. I'm going up. Well, what's it about? You know Dr. Shiva? Yeah. He's known uh, via internet legend and lore to have invented email? No, that was Al Gore. (laughs) No, Al Gore invented the entire internet. And if it wasn't for Al Gore, this guy would never have been able to do it. Gotcha. Uh, Okay. Yeah, he invented email, and he is a MIT guy MIT and he PhD. ran for senate didn't he he's a doctor for the same, senate in massachusetts he's a doctor like uh like dr biden he's an M- okay. mit phd and he's running for president he, he is this video is amazing jeremy and that's why i'm gonna play it and i want to thank janice in arizona for sending it i was trying to think about maybe i would just clip part of this video but there's almost no way to break it up. And this guy gives a master thesis in the way this country and therefore most of the world works. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. And I'm not going to stop it. We're not going to stop it. It's going to play first. Even if I say, wait a minute, stop it. Then I'll stop it. I don't think you should do that, though. Okay. <laughs> Take right, take notes. Okay. All right. Maybe we'll listen to it twice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Wait, wait, very- wait. Can you stop it? <laughs> <laughs> I just have to see if you would do it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> 
All right, 10 minutes from now. Good evening, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayodhure. How a very small set of people control 8 billion people. This is what I call the elite. Let's say there's about 10,000 of them. How is it these people are able to manipulate the 8 billion people here? If you talk to a lot of naive people, they think, oh, it's the Rothschilds over here, or it's the aliens. They don't understand it's not any one individual. It's not any one organization. There's something called swarm intelligence. If you watch all those birds flying together, not any one of them is in control. They move together as a unit. They're closely knit. They're quote-unquote telepathic, but they move with a singular goal. The goal of the elites here is power, profit, and control. This is the goal. So if we look at it from a control system, what are the inputs they're sending into this system to achieve their goals? And what is the output that they seek? So if you're an elite over here and you're looking at those 8 billion people, how do you know you're achieving your goal? Are people getting fat, meaning unhealthy? Are people getting dumb, which means ignorant? ignorant. Are people happy? Which means, are they being entertained? Are people divided? Are they isolated, disconnected? They don't want people here connecting with each other. Are people feeling helpless? Are people looking to the elites to save them? And they like that. They like when people here are looking to them, the enemy here, for their saviors. They really love that. They want people to be disorganized and they definitely want people to be helpless. This is what they want. If you do not want to unite among people here and find who your own leaders are from below, they are quite happy. They're achieving their goal power, profit, and control. Now, how do they do this? You're going to realize it's not any one group. It's an interconnected, tightly knit group. They're all closely interconnected. In fact, they all go to the same restaurants. They have all their kids going to the same equestrian shows. They all shop at the same place. They all go to the same parties. You're not part of that. So who are these people? And what are the institutions of power that they have? Well, first of all, they have academia, Harvard, Oxford, Yale, MIT, IIT in India, the top 100 university presidents. These people are on boards of companies, but it's about a hundred people who run the major universities in the world. NGOs or nonprofits. These are people who run these huge nonprofit organizations like the Clinton Global Initiative, WEF, World Economic Forum, Center for Foreign Relations. And there's many other institutions like these, but it's the CEOs of these institutions. And these guys know each other. They definitely work together. The next thing you have is you have government, U.S. senators, prime ministers of countries, advisors to government, think tanks, the Belfer School at Harvard, the Stanford Internet Observatory. They created the censorship infrastructure. This includes CIA, right? Intelligence organizations. And again, all these people know each other. They're interconnected. They're a swarm. They're tightly knit. They're not divided like these people over here. They're not disconnected. They're highly interconnected. So these people are focused on power. But then you also have a whole nother people, the CEOs of the global 2000 companies, other big organizations like big pharma companies, Pfizer, big agriculture companies like Syngenta, big investment companies, JP Morgan. You put Deutsche Bank here. You put Epstein down here. Okay. He was involved in all this. We also have the Fed, the central banks, all these people party together. When I say party together, I mean, literally they party together, guys. Absolute close-knit friends. And in fact, the CEO of a global 2000 company will easily move to one of the investment companies down here. If you look at Target, big companies like Anheuser-Busch and Exxon, you'll find that one point they were in one of these investment companies and these investment companies sit on the board of these companies and they shuffle back and forth. So this is all about making money, right? These people are about making the dollar. These people
people are all about power. This is profit. And then fundamentally, you have control, Hollywood over here. This includes celebrities. You have their agents, Hollywood agents, like Ari Emanuel, as I've talked about, who's a guy who controls most of Hollywood. He controls Worldwide Wrestling Federation, the MMA, etc. The media companies. This includes Disney, Viacom. This includes now Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. These are large media companies. Google, you can put in there also. You also have big news stations, CNN, Fox. And combined with this, now we have another group, social media influencers. This is like Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, these characters who have come in, but they do not exist without support from these guys. If you notice overnight, a bunch of social media influencers have come out of nowhere. And these people are created by these people. So when you look at this, the academics, the NGOs, the government, the think tanks, the investment companies, the Fed, the big pharma, the CEOs, the Hollywood celebrities, media, social media influencers, and the news companies. And you can even take the top 10 of each one of these. They all know each other, everyone. And in order to manipulate these people, they need front men to manipulate these people with policies. Because what comes out are policies. These are the inputs they put into the system, propaganda. They feed these people purposely, people who they tell them are going to save them, like the Elon Musks or Trump or the Kennedys. Now, who are the people part of the swarm that does that? They have the obvious establishment. And these people are like the Clintons or the McConnells or the Obamas or the Bushes or the Queen of England. Typically, people say, oh, yeah, those guys are part of the establishment. But one of the things we teach at Truth, Freedom, Health, the most insidious people are what I call the not so obvious establishment. These are the people that are created to make sure that the 8 billion people look to the elites to save them. Trump, he's got a golden toilet, Mar-a-Lago, Kennedy's completely bogus family. You can look at historically people like Gandhi or people like ML. Okay. These people all came and were endorsed by the swarm. These people do not exist. They live in Malibu. They live in the places of the elites. And these people are the ones that are used to send the inputs of this controller. In system science, these are the controllers. These are the people controlling the inputs that go in. And remember, their goal is to make sure people are in the state of division, disconnection, and helplessness, particularly. They're observing all this. They have their sensors. And one of the features that they notice is that as long as people are in dysfunction and diseased mentally, physically, emotionally, they're happy. Well, what are those diseases these days? We see obesity. We see endocrine disruption, men with low testosterone and people questioning their sexuality. We also see people with cancer. The world's population's life expectancy is going down. The United States is going this way. And this is from 1980 to 2020. They like this. This is life expectancy. In fact, when they see dysfunction, you know what they do? They put another input in, which is normalize the dysfunction. Each sugars and high fructose food. Well, over here, people have been literally getting fat. It's led to obesity, or they've been putting in foods that are affecting people's gut microbiome. This is what I call from policy to biology. People are getting worse and worse. They're actually making more money because the obesity now creates obesity drugs. The endocrine disruptors, let's talk about this. This will really explain what's going on with Bud Light. About 20 years ago, there was research done at the universities that clearly showed the use of restricted use pesticides like atrazine and other chemicals in the atmosphere actually cause endocrine disruption, which could reduce male testosterone, which could also affect mammals where the sex organs can change. And this was done by the work of Tyrone Hayes. So if you're over here at a university and you find out one of your researchers discovered that and you are playing golf with people over here at Syngenta, Syngenta is the one who produced atrazine, they're going to say, hey man, we don't want this research coming out because you have to understand something. The investment community here is investing in all of these companies. So if you're one of these large investment companies, you're moving trillions of dollars 
$600 trillion, by the way, move through the economy every day. You as one of the elites managers of money, you're moving all this money. You know all of these people. You know the CEO of Target. You know the CEO of Anheuser-Busch. You know the CEO of Pfizer and Syngenta. And imagine that you see, wow, the stuff that we've been creating is causing sexual disruption changes. You're seeing a phenomenon where more and more people are questioning their sexuality. And what you want to do is you want to make sure that the general public doesn't understand this because if they did, they would awaken to something that's going on from the decisions you made. So you call up your friend, the Bud Light, he goes, hey, look, let's run a campaign. Let's normalize trans. Let's exploit a willing person to be exploited like this Dylan Mulvaney. Let's put them on as a poster boy for Bud Light and let's push them out there because we want the attention to normalize a dysfunction because the goal is to make sure they don't lose their trillions over in Syngenta. They're willing to take a billion dollar hit over here, but they want to save their trillions in big pharma and big ag because they're all part of the same family. They all do favors for each other. And then again, you would go do it at Target. You try to normalize it because you don't want people over here to understand the bigger picture. But you are interconnected. You could strike deals left and right. Let's do a marketing campaign in here. Let's normalize. Same thing if you can look at what's going on in obesity. All these pharma companies are making big money from obesity drugs, but there's movies on Netflix and Amazon promoting fat people as a norm. What's happening over here, you have people who are pro-fat and people who are anti-fat people. You have people pro-woke and anti-woke, and they don't care. So you have a bunch of these idiots writing books against woke companies and anti-woke companies. You have people creating apps, only shop at anti-woke companies, don't go to woke companies. But you guys understand that these guys don't give a damn. They're making money anyway. The investment bankers are going to make money from woke companies and anti-woke companies. But what's occurring here is people are being divided. These guys are happy because they're inputting policies and propaganda. People here are being divided, and that is the goal to achieve power, profit, control. So as long as these people work together as a swarm to control the policies and the propaganda, and they provide false heroes, and they're using the Trumps and Kennedys and Gandhis, all of them who talk a big game, their goal is to make sure that you never understand this that you keep thinking, oh, Kennedy's going to solve the problem. Trump is going to solve the problem. They don't want you to be leaders in your own communities. They want you to outsource your future to people like Trump or Kennedy because they're part of the swarm. And you keep getting more unhealthy, more ignorant, more entertained. But most importantly, you are divided. And welcome back to anybody who fast forwarded. That was... I don't know. How did you feel about that? I I felt like that was worth playing in full, obviously, because I did it. What did you think? Was that worth listening to? What? <laughs> Welcome back, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like John Travolta uh, yeah, for a second. I, I le- uh, yeah, it was good. I think he makes some good points. There are a couple I think of times he's wrong we- about Kennedy. Was that? I think he's wrong about Ken. I think he's wrong about Kennedy. He does lump them all together, and I noticed he conveniently leaves himself out. But he might be when he does yeah, the right. when he's talking about, about the, the social media influencers who suddenly popped up. He he's I mean, conspicuously that, missing from the list, but he is one of them. And I'm and I'm kind of joking about Kennedy too, but except that Kennedy just got uh, under fire for making that same point he just made. About the uh, restricted use chemicals causing uh, that, uh, you know, problem that's leading to transgenders. I forgot right. the, well, so the term he used. The, uh, yeah, they're both speaking to the same thing. I think you, I have do, to, you just have to keep in mind, think, he's, a, he's a presidential candidate as well. So he ha- he's 
I think that colors a bit of the way that he frames some of this, but I think you have to no, look but above I would that say to that the larger that, message. Yeah, and I would say, though, that that point's sort of a point you've made, I've made, you know, in looking at Trump, um, you know, sometimes questioning if Trump is part of it all or not. Sometimes I think we've been scratching our heads wondering, and I've... I haven't ever had the sense that he's part of it as like a co-conspirator. Right. He could be but being more used. of like a, right. More of like, cause you don't, you don't have to be a willing participant to still be uh, controlled opposition. As long as you're functioning and behaving the way that those people that Shiva's talking about want you to. Right. So if they 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 I like we've sort of thought like with go back to COVID like Trump you know basically probably did everything that they expected him to do or had other people inside telling him to do so the desired outcome was achieved by this group of people that Shiva's talking about A divide and conquer. And it's and it's really just because think, they they're making a ton of money off of us. They're, they and I think the best point he made, which is a point I've made many times, and if you recall, uh, it was about a year ago, I ran for county board in my local county because I had I have for a long time now been very like many people disenfranchised with what's going on. And what he's saying is we we're all, and I complain about this all the time. Everybody is still sitting around waiting for Trump to win again, as if that's going to save us, or we're going to throw our hope toward Kennedy or like me, throw my hope toward Trump Kennedy. (laughs) And we're not, and we're not, you know, like we're st- we still have our I know eyes who you're throwing your on towards, and it isn't either of them. <laughs> we still have we still have our eyes focused on this all of this federal and national politics, federal and national news, and we're not getting involved. We're not running for local office. We're not participating. We're not even people aren't even. I'm I'm the only me and one other guy are the only two guys in our town that attend local town board meetings. Right. Unless somebody's applying for a permit to put a barn up or, or subdivide their lot, people do not go. And they're not the most exciting things in the world, but they actually have a lot of influence over your daily life and the freedoms that we have and how you live in your local community and how you interact and how you trade and what the speed limit is, whether or not there's going to be a bike lane somewhere or not taking away a lane of car traffic. That's where a lot of those things are decided. A lot of those things are decided there because the federal government or the state government is saying, oh, you need to do this to get your grant money that we're sending down for COVID relief or whatever. But the reason you need to be at those meetings... You want highway money, you need to add the bike lanes. 
But if you want to start stopping big government and start stopping the things that are happening, it's a whole lot easier to influence your local town board members or your local county board members. You could call them on their cell phone and reach them. And my county board uh, representative, her cell phone number's on the website. I can call her right up on her cell phone. Tell her something I agree with or disagree with. She may not listen to me. She may listen to me. But I have the ability to participate and attempt to influence or exert pressure on her to do what I think is the right thing. Or the town board members that I have. I do the same thing with them. They don't always... uh, They don't always do everything I say. But if people aren't starting to engage on these lower levels, then we're doing exactly what Shiva's saying there. And we're doing exactly what they want us doing. So I think that was a very good rundown in uh, explanation, kind of how the, how the system is functioning. And I've said that too. It's, I think it was somebody like, uh, I think Rush Limbaugh I heard make the point a while back might have been rush limbaugh or might have been glenn beck and i thought it was a good comment do you remember lois lerner yeah the irs uh uh apparatchik who uh didn't she right. she ran the uh the non-profit she, organi- uh, uh, non-profit she was like division down right and denying like denying non-profits their tax exempt status and cracking down on non you know conservative nonprofit organizations um and it was kind of a big scandal i think she even was didn't she even get contempt of congress or something like that and then nothing happened to her nothing happened um but it was it was i think it was rush who's like made the point like it like how does she who's telling her what to do like somebody's telling her to do this like obama was telling her to do that so she did it and his point was nobody's telling her to do it it's something she knows to do it's something that like i think shiva's making this point like the swarm mentality right. you know that that all of these people know what their function is. They know how to participate and engage. They don't exactly. They're competing I mean, he does with talk each about other to contribute. Being on the- That's what they're. You know, they're, right. they they see each other and they're competitive. They you know they they want to you know get the accolades. They want to be the one who's important. They want to move the world. Some of these right, and some of these things may come over a, a round of golf on the golf course between some CEOs. But at the same time, everyone that's part of this group of elite. They don't need to be told how to behave. They don't need to be told what to do because they understand how to participate in what they're constructing and they just do it. And they cover for each other because they all have sins. Well, the media is a big, you know, co-conspirator in all of that. And, uh, you know, we've seen how they do their part to cover or not cover or censor a lot of this stuff. Well, we don't um, censor this stuff. And I want to thank Janice again for sending this. That in. was a good one, Janice. Uh, yeah. Let me just I say like this it. though. 
you know, what he's talking about, this is not the first time. In fact, his comments might, you could consider them plagiarized almost. I found this video and I was a little bit shocked at how closely they track together. I'm not going to play the full thing because that would be, you know, 20 minutes of this, but listen to this. Tell me if they don't sound similar. There's a reason education sucks, and it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners, the big, wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the They They spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table to figure out how badly they're getting by a system that threw them overboard 30 years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security money. They want your retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this place. It's a big club and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. By the way, it's the same big club they used to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. How do you like that? I have heard that before. <laughs> yes, that was, of course, George Carlin's 2005 rant, uh, one of his stand-ups. Yeah, and he's, yeah, he was dead on in that, for sure. Uh, clearly, Dr. Um, Shiva is also a fan of George Carlin. It was basically the same point. <laughs> I was, of course, being cheeky when I said Shiva plagiarized it, but... Uh, yeah, but I thought that was a very good moment to transition us into the portion of the program where we explain how we take care of business here on the Truth Bait Podcast. You might have noticed we do not have any corporate sponsors. You didn't hear any commercial breaks. That is because we could not possibly talk about these things honestly and clear-mindedly and without censoring ourselves if we had corporate sponsorship. We'd constantly be worried about, are we going to say something that's going to offend them? Are we going to lose our sponsorship? We would never have been able to have completely unvarnished 
uh, uh, honest conversations about Pride Month and what it really represents if we had any corporate sponsorship, because clearly all, all almost all of corporate America is consumed by the uh, by the cultural revolution taking place. Uh, so that's why we are building this community of citizen sponsors. It's called the value for value model. If you've been listening to this program and you think that what we are doing is something of value, then we ask for you to take part in this community and return value to this program so that we can continue doing it. And one of the best ways that you could do that is by sharing the show, uh, sharing the show and leaving a comment uh, and rating it where you listen to it. That is extremely helpful for the algorithms, extremely helpful uh, to uh, propagate the program, which is what we need. We're growing this community. Uh, the uh, other incredible piece of value is exactly what Janice in Arizona did, sending us in this clip, which ended up being the longest clip we ever played on the podcast to date. I can't imagine when we will go over 10 minutes. That's a that's a record. That's a bar that has been set, Jeremy. Tr- don't try to break it. <laughs> and uh, uh, that is value because that is, that's an entire segment that we would not have had otherwise. I would never have found that on my own. I was finding a myriad other clips on the other things that we're covering today. Janice in Arizona, producer, uh, uh, produced this segment for us and for you, the listener. And this is, th- that's what this is. This program becomes what you want it to be. She sent it. I assume she wanted us to listen to it and, and talk about it. And that's how this works. You are a member of the production community that produces the Truth Bait podcast. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, what else? I think that was a good one, and uh, I agree. And we need more of it. We need more people to send in clips. Where do send they send in them? stories? Truth at truthbait dot com. And uh, ah, truth at truthbait dot com. That's right. It's very easy to do. If you see a video, you see a news segment, you see something. By the way, if you're a television watcher, most of the stuff you're watching you can end up finding a clip already of that thing you thought was interesting if you go to youtube or wherever there are places that will have that twitter is one where you can find a lot of clips um we should mention al uh in joliet has been sending us a lot of content Uh, yep i have some queued up for today i don't know if we're going to be able to uh, get to it today, but if we do have time, I do. I do have something that he sent, so um, I hope we can get to it. He's been sending us a bunch of great stuff. Um, con- contributing by writing in, uh, I have to complain about our audience. I've not been getting enough emails this week. I would say that people, we you you got to write in you got to tell us the things you're thinking about uh what we're talking about especially if you think we're wrong but write in and tell that us doesn't you happen, think we're Jeremy. wrong but even more so write in when you agree just write in people we want you got to participate it's always creating good uh adding to the adding to the conversation the ideas, the opinions, Andrew and I do not think of everything. Sometimes people have very good insight into things, and that's what helps to build 
the community that this show needs to become. Send your compliments uh, to Andrew at truthbait.com. Send your criticisms to Jeremy at truthbait.com. As long as they're criticisms about Andrew. (laughs) And as long as they are compliments about Andrew. (laughs) Do you want to go to the, uh, do you want to do the the wildfires before Hunter? Are we going to continue to tease Hunter Biden? Uh, it seems dangerous to tease Hunter Biden. Yeah, how long is Hunter? Hunter is oh. well, certainly not as long as the last segment. Um, I have a few clips. I have, I have, uh, you know, some media reaction, and then the longest uh-huh. thing I have of Hunter is it's actually a, a five-minute clip. Uh, which is a somebody produced a fantastic little history, and I I even I broke it down and abridged it a little bit. Um, that just shows the privilege with this guy. It, 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 it he is a member of that flock that Shiva was talking about. Shiva, really? Oh yes, he's in that flock. All right, well, <laughs> he's protected. <laughs> he's in the big club. <laughs> Uh, you want to do Hunter now and then fires? Whatever you think, whatever you think. How long is the, how long, how long is your fires? Are your fires? Uh, they're not too long. I just have a few clips about it. I, I thought, I thought the fire thing, first of all, I hadn't even heard much about it, but then I started noticing more and more about it and it's been going on all month, but we haven't talked about it yet. I mean, you know about the fires in Canada. In Canada that, that sent the orange haze over New York City? Yeah. Yep. And Is that st- So those fires are still happening then? They're still happening. There's still like 494 fires going on, which is evidently 15 times the normal rate of wildfires. I've been told that's because of climate change and 8 billion people. 15 times, would that be 1,500%? Yeah, that's correct. So that's a lot. (laughs) Wait, 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 let me do, hold on a second. Yeah. 1500. Okay, that's a big increase. Right? It's such a big increase. It's like you would avoid saying 1500% and just say 15. Climate change. It's like, right? It's climate change, so it's isn't clim- that? Yeah. This is man made. It is, uh, according to some of the politicians. And to some of the scientists, um, I noticed on my phone, I was checking the weather and there was a warning of uh, air pollution warning. I started seeing those last year a little bit and I don't, they were 
not I don't they weren't related to any Was it a warning that was pushed wa- to you or that you saw like when you looked at the no, weather app? No, just when I went on just when I looked at the weather app, right. you know, it's like there's a storm warning except now it's like part of the regular weather. I is see it? that all now the time are, in Chicago as well on the Apple weather app. Uh it it does. It yeah, says Yeah, now that. there are air Right. Now there's air pollution warnings. And so, yeah, so the New York, um, I've got a clip from New York uh, news here. This might be a national, but they're local in New York doing their reporting. Um, but I just, you know, there's a, in this is going back a little, June 7th, there's a Rolling Stone article about this. UFOs, lasers, and Antifa arsonists. Wildfires spark new conspiracy theories. <laughs> okay, wait. And this rolling... <laughs> <laughs> so Antifa and UFOs are on par as conspiracy theories. Yes, and... Um, and space lasers. <laughs> Right, and lasers, which, like, we've seen, right? (laughs) They're real things. Um, So this whole, this article, this uh, Rolling Stone article, wildfire smoke from Canada is now blanketing the East Coast, creating some of the worst air quality in the world. The official explanation for these strange conflagrations, lightning strikes across unusually dry forests, igniting more than 100 out-of-control blazes in Quebec alone, hits many smooth-brained denizens of the internet as a little too convenient. And the little too convenient is written with a mixture of lowercase and capital letters all in the wrong places. Like it's an insane person. Writing it. Right. So the point of this, uh, you know, the, the author here is definitely wanting to, you know, have a little humor in here and uh, picking and make fun of people that uh, question the official narrative. But as though, Indeed, as though cl- blaming climate change isn't also a conspiracy theory. <laughs> they don't have right. any data to prove the- that. Indeed, the tinfoil hat brigade has already ginned up myriad conspiracy theories to cast this disaster not as an act of God, but suddenly they believe in God, but part of a nefarious plot, or two, or three. So what really caused those fires? Was it space lasers, Antifa arsonists, the deep state cabal, aliens? And uh, so they go down, and now this is back on June 7th, right? A couple weeks ago. And this was more towards the beginning of this. To me, this was like a preemptive, you know, narrative uh, defense that Rolling Stone was coming out with. Well, right away, though, when the the fires started, I don't know if you saw the clip where... The fires seemed to start in f- like four places simultaneously. They're all over. Well, hold on a second. They're now they're all over. But when they started, because the, you have basically you have fires that that began on the east coast, and that was what first blanketed mm-hmm. New York. And then 
all of a sudden you had fires that started on the West Coast. But that was after the ones that started on the East Coast. Now, the ones I'm talking about on the East Coast, uh, there was a satellite image. And, you know, again, now you never know. Is anything real? Is it not real? If it's real, it looks like these that this four fires started at the exact same moment in different spots on the East Coast, which maybe mm-hmm. that's normal for a forest fire that that happens. Didn't particularly look normal and set people, you know, alight. Uh, pun, pun not intended, but uh, got people uh, paying very close attention. Was this was this arson? So here's a little audio. And here's a here's here's a little more. These are I'm not going to read the entire article. It's a long article, um, but these are some of the subheadings in the article. Is that they're that they want to you know dispel or make fun of is the directed energy weapons theory. So that must be one about uh, maybe the lasers or such. There's a th- flamethrower drone theory, Antifa arsonist theory. Wait, the flamethrower drones, are the- our Forest Service uses those. <laughs> we, they use right. that in, in Florida to clear, I think in Florida to clear brush. They use those drones. For control That's real. burning. For control, for controlled burning. Yes. Right. The, uh, the wildfires are the new COVID theory uh we the we are about to be hit on several fronts theory uh then there's the forced migration to 15 minute cities theory and the blotting out the sun theory um but wow they're discrediting it a last whole bunch i of stuff heard with, with wasn't there, like bill gates right wasn't something? Wasn't Bill Gates or somebody trying to fund actually blotting out the sun, like with some sort of balloon shield or something like that? Anyways, here's a uh, so here's a here's a clip. Um, it addresses some of those concerns, I think, in this article. Heavy layer of smoke covered New York City in a dark orange glow Wednesday. More than a dozen states faced air quality alerts, with the haze obscuring the Statue of Liberty, as well as downtown Philadelphia and historic landmarks in the nation's capital. All New Yorkers should limit outdoor activity to the greatest extent possible. Now, why would anybody think this is the new COVID? <laughs> <laughs> the government is telling you Stay home. not to go Don't outside. Don't go outside. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, what a wild conspiracy theory, Rolling Stone. In New York, Mayor Eric Adams said the air quality was at its worst since the 1960s. On Broadway, the conditions prompted two musicals to cancel their shows. The New York Liberty postponed its WNBA game. Those are indoor events. Well, two people, musicals people were coming and out, a basketball game. Yeah, people were fleeing the city. They're, Is that why they had to cancel Yeah, it? they probably canceled it because the players probably didn't want to come Because people it. weren't coming? Yeah. All right. I bet, the, I well, bet it wasn't for the people. Like I bet it was COVID. for the players. The players didn't want didn't to yeah. do it or they didn't want to, you know, no, other players probably didn't want to travel in. Yeah. Well, it doesn't sound like COVID at all. And the Yankees rescheduled their matchup with the Chicago White Sox, turning away some fans at the stadium. Definitely for the air quality, it should be the right decision. It all comes after an unusually early and intense start to Canada's wildfire season. 
More than 400 wildfires are burning across the country, over half of them still out of control. Nearly 9.4 million acres have burned in 2023. That's roughly 15 times the average, according to Canada's Minister of Emergency Preparedness. This is perhaps the worst year that we have experienced with wildfires as long as we've been keeping records. This is a you know visceral reminder of the climate crisis that's in front of us. Vijay LeMay is a senior scientist with the National Resources Defense Council. He warned that as climate change makes the weather more extreme, the public health risks grow. In this case, he pointed to elevated levels of PM 2.5, toxic microscopic particles that are carried by the wildfire smoke. We have never seen uh, over the past two decades PM 2.5 levels like they are in New York City. We have national limits on the type of air pollution that is legally allowable. We're seeing air quality levels that are you know, <laughs> three to five times higher. The forest fire broke the law. <laughs> yeah. Go arrest that forest fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just saying how how bad it is, how dangerous this is. Now listen to this. Then that national limit. And at greatest risk are young children, the elderly, people with pre existing conditions, but every not like COVID at all. Young I'm people, still, elderly. I'm waiting for the magic the elderly, group. pre-existing conditions. Everybody should wear a mask. Everybody should wear a mask. Oh, she, she messed it up. Our young children, the elderly, people with pre-existing conditions, but everybody should wear a mask. Glad. <laughs> yeah, get those masks back so, on. But you know, you realize she missed an important group. Who was that? People of color. Southeastern oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Please and other marginalized well, groups who are hit hardest. The smoke seeks them out. Yeah, they, they took a forest fire and immediately turned it into their propaganda, like they do everything. They turn every event that happens into fake BS for their propaganda. Yeah, here's another local one. Is under that air quality. Southeastern Wisconsin is under that air quality advisory as smoke moves all the way from Canada's wildfires right here to the Midwest. Madeline O'Neill joins us live in Milwaukee County. The smoke's still out there, and we're getting recommendations from the DNR now. Oh, what day was this? Yeah, under this advisory, the DNR is remaking. Uh, I think this one was more recent than the New York one. I'm just going to tell one. you, fake news. Okay. Been in Milwaukee <laughs> County. <laughs> Nothing like that is happening here. It may be happening on the news. Oh, right. But there's, it's been beautiful weather in this region. Gorgeous. Yeah. Perfect skies. Right. So this, and then, perfect temperature. Yeah. Right. So listen to this report, because that's what was crazy about Recommending it. anyone sensitive to air quality issues, people who are older, may have lung issues, to consider spending more time inside. Wow. Especially as the frequency of these advisories is increasing for this time of year. It's not oh, just God. the weather. So then they go out to the golf course <laughs> where everybody's outside with no mask on. On the green. It's abnormal. It's it's weird that it's so cold and so windy. Uh, well, he, like this guy's this talking about cold and windy. They're on the side of Lake Michigan. And Every it, now and then in June, there's some cool days, are there not? Absolutely. Especially in the past several but it years. Has been, it's been very fair the past couple this of years. Has been like one of the war- this has been like one of the warmest, sunniest, nicest Junes I can ever remember. It's been like 80 degrees and sunny every day. Yeah, last year it didn't get like this until July. So- Right. It was raining, I think. But red flags for. Yeah. 
for air quality, making for an unusual season. If you're looking at like the U.S. Bank, those towers on the east side on downtown, they look a little foggy up top. You can find long-range <laughs> wow. impacts. Do you remember? Wait, you remember during? One of Canada's you remember during COVID? A- anecdotal evidence isn't is not evidence. You can Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but nobody around me is dropping dead from this. That's anecdotal. Uh, uh, but this guy sees a puff of smoke. <laughs> oh, close the golf course. It's a little cloudy at the top of that skyscraper <laughs> up in the clouds. <laughs> worst ever wildfire seasons. The East Coast looks like eerie. While the East Coast has had very visible signs of worsened air quality, it's hitting Wisconsin too. Driving the DNR to issue an air quality advisory for most of the state, including all of Southeast Wisconsin. We just wanted to catch some fresh air. With the air not so fresh. My daughter who normally has respiratory issues, she's feeling it just a little bit. The DNR says sensitive groups, including children, older adults, and people with heart or lung disease, should consider taking it easy and spend less time outdoors. Definitely want to watch for things like coughing or shortness of breath. With wildfires happening much earlier in the year than usual, Craig Zarnecki with the DNR says they've had to issue an unusual amount of these alerts at six so far this spring. It had been um, over a decade since we've had an advisory like this in the spring many say they're ready to get back to normal i'll be glad (laughs) get back to normal it's i didn't even know all this was going on none of it is going on it's only going on in the media yeah and in the departments the governmental departments As Tom mentioned, this advisory does end at midnight tonight, but that doesn't mean we're out of the woods. The DNR says they do expect more advisories this summer. Live in Milwaukee County, Madeline O'Neill, Fox. How do the particulates know when it's midnight? Right, the we are about to be hit on several fronts theory. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's going to keep coming. Even this guy says it again. I was going to say, I feel feel like we're going to have more of these. All right, Maddie, thanks. I still feel like we're going to have more wow, of these. Wow, th- that's science. Follow um, that science. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, there's the the global warming in, in Washington. There's these guys. Connect the two. Watch this. This is on uh, Maria Bartiromo. She just had a clip of a few in the, in the Senate. I wear my mask in solidarity. Climate change is not a hoax. We're not only seeing the haze from these fires, we're also feeling it in our very own lungs. The work to protect our climate is far from over, and we're dangerously behind. It's only getting worse, uh, but this is why the president has made climate change uh, a priority. This is why he's taking the aggressive actions that he's taking, historic actions. Now, so there's the Rolling Stone dispelling all of the conspiracy theories. Very early in all of this, all the and the and uh, then there's you know these reports and I found report after report after report from local. There's they're up in Seattle, they're in Minnesota, they're in New York, they're in South Carolina, Washington D.C., and they're all the same that the smoke is bellowing down and. You know, everybody needs to mask up and go inside. Anybody that's got breathing issues or whatever, 
So this is like hysteria again now for anybody that is, uh, you know, with pre-existing conditions or the elderly, uh, just like COVID, like the Rolling Stone article makes fun of. They're telling you to put masks on, lockdown, and there's global warming. And it, it all struck me because somebody I know was uh, saying a while back, it's interesting, with all of the LGBT stuff and, um, you know, June being Pride Month, but that that they've really sort of overshot and overplayed their hand with the transgender push to normalize this transgenderism and force it down everybody's throat and that they know it and that they're going to pull back from it. And there really was like a big push with a lot of that stuff leading into June. But the other thing that this person I know was predicting was that then the we're going to fall back into the bigger global warming push again. And that's, so this is like the, the airplane flying overhead, dropping the bombs. And so there was the LGBT bomb that was going off. And this one going back a few weeks ago or whatever with the wildfires was launched and now we're going to be moving into the global warming phase again of how we're being attacked. Right, and it's the elite swarm. So I just thought the, that was... The elite swarm that Shiva was talking about is the one who's who's sending the salvos. And I thought it was interesting. And then, since there was also this theory about Antifa, arsonist theory which Rolling Stone says probably the laziest misinformation collected here holds that anti-fascists are setting the fire. Haven't there of been Antifa members who've been arrested for arson, for burning forest fires? Why? Wasn't there one because in Oregon? they're Antifa. Right. Anything can be blamed on those who would oppose militant far-right ideology, so may as well try it. Antifa pyromaniacs are getting started early this year, one user commented as the fires started to burn in May in a typical post on the QAnon forum, Great Awakening. As this thing unwinds, look for wildfires to increase exponentially as the cabal burns everything down. Well, here, isn't this convenient? In Mariposa County, a 71-year-old man has been arrested, accused of starting last year's Oak Fire. The fire consumed thousands of acres and hundreds of homes. After an extensive investigation involving state and federal agencies, Edward Wackerman was taken into custody on Friday. Nick Garcia has those details. Why? Why did he do it? Why did he feel he had to do that and destroy so many people's lives? It's sad. The arrest of 71-year-old Edward Wackerman has left people in Mariposa with questions. Cal Fire and the Mariposa County District Attorney will hold a press conference next week to answer some of those questions. Meanwhile, we found some answers online. This GoFundMe page was created last August on behalf of Ed Wackerman by one of his neighbors. 
It says Wackerman was a firefighter for 12 years and was raising money to help him replace his water system, which was destroyed by the Oak Fire he's accused of setting. To deliberately start and set that fire is absolutely appalling. And what's worse is I think I've actually seen it around the town. The Oak Fire charred more than 19,000 acres and destroyed 127 homes and more than 60 other buildings. Jeremy Ogilby's house was one of them. Just, it is what it is. I just take it day by day. He says he's not sure how to feel about the... So it turns out, this is a case from last year, not this year, but he was just arrested. The news just came out this week. And he's a... Uh, he's, this guy... What, uh, Hackerman has donated $1,775 to Democrat candidates and committees since 2020. And he's also donated, uh, he's a donor to the Lincoln Project, which is a, which is like a rabid leftist organization that was created to try to destroy trump he went out and started this fire that burned nineteen thousand acres destroyed 127 homes and 60 buildings and he's not a typical caricature of an antifa activist but he certainly appears to be ideologically in line with them based on his campaign contributions <laughs> It's amazing that he's a he was a firefighter. Hmm. But then that sort of also lends credibility to why somebody might suspect Antifa or not maybe not Antifa, but the same people that they run with in their protests all the time, all the environmental crazies. The ELF uh, group, the radical environmentalist group that was openly setting fires to developments under construction. They're arsonists. It's one of their tools. This shouldn't even be yeah. controversial. So, uh, anyways, I think that I just, I think what's coming now because. With all these images of New York, you know, and, you know, the smoke and the orange haze, and there's clearly this, you know, coordinated narrative campaign with all of these media entities. And then Rolling Stone was there early on to counter all of the crazy conspiracy theories, except global warming, you know. Right, that's not that a conspiracy normal, theory. The climate just... change one. And the their warning, you know, they're making fun of people saying this is the new COVID. Meanwhile, the media is reporting on it exactly like it's the new COVID. I think it's the new COVID. Started by Antifa arsonists. Hmm. And it 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 looks like the more credible way to view it is in line with the way these crazy conspiracy theorists view it. I'm not saying that every single one of them is right or accurate, 
but it certainly looks like something to view with a large amount of skepticism from the official narrative. And I don't, you know, I mean, we can easily doubt, uh, you know, the, the climate change theory, well, the, but if you go the to like, climate change you, if you go to YouTube, totally dismissible. The, 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 it, there, it, there are so many other possibilities, and it could be more than one thing at play. They apparently don't tend to their forests at all. They're a disaster in terms of the maintenance, so it's a tinderbox waiting to happen. So some of it could be storms. Some of it could be Russia or China well, getting so industrial was- sabotage against, against the West. They're, they're not thrilled that, uh, about uh, Canada's involvement. That was so- something, well, that was something I saw too, what you just mentioned about being a tinderbox, is, is evidently Canada has uh, taken a stance similar to California in to basically like discontinue their controlled burning programs. Right. Which ends up creating a greater risk for these fires. Well, and you can't have that be the so, cause. <laughs> it's got to be global warming. It can't be. It has to be climate change. No, but it can't think be about our this stupid too, policies. But think about that too. Think about stupid policies like that. May would make it make it an easier target right. for arson. Yes. Also. Yes. So many of the possibilities that are there, you know, could be a combination of many of those things. Doesn't have to be just one, right? Uh, but regardless, if you and then if you go on like YouTube and you search like Canada wildfires, like almost every single title title is like wildfires raging. Why is it happening? Or <laughs> it happens what's every going year. On? It happens every year. It's it, 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 it's it's natural, and it is also arson. It's very simple. So I think there's a lot of programming going into the population right now. That the, this is a lot. This is a large scale propaganda operation oh. that is going to reignite. In and or reinforce in people's minds the idea that climate change is this major health issue. Jeremy, that's not the only. That's not the only one. I, I know you're not. You don't spend much time on social no, media. Sure. But have you caught wind of the uh, the near panic that is taking place on social media right now about spotting? large amounts of military equipment in cities around the United States? Oh, yeah. You sent me something about that the other day. Yeah. Uh, the bunch of tanks. Yes. I didn't, I didn't see it, Tanks and, and aircraft and a lot of military equipment on the streets, not just like being transported, but like going through the streets of, of various cities. Philadelphia, I think, was one. And then there was, and I see this on social media. First of all, I've been noticing that Twitter in the last few months has just completely amped up the the division devices, the 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 instigation algorithms. They are constantly feeding into the uh, into the into the timeline the most divisive stuff guaranteed to. Uh, excite people and freak people out and make people anxious uh-huh. and make people angry. 
it's it's off the charts. I I don't know if I've ever seen it quite so blatant. Um, and so much of it is old video. That's how you know that like that, that this is a manipulation that's taking place. I'm seeing videos that are two, three, right. four years old being regurgitated as new. And yeah, I've seen a lot of that. So I think some of the military equipment I've seen, I've noticed every summer there are stories about, ooh, I see all this military equipment, what's going on? And this year right. it's off the charts. This was a I, I caught this first I started to see the videos of people saying, Hey, there's military equipment here, there's military equipment there. Um, I saw a couple of things that said, no, that shot's from 2015 or that shot's from two years ago. Uh, you know, you can't tell what's real and what's not. And then along comes this video. We now, in the last months, have a source uh, who is very credible. They are involved in some three-letter agencies, very high up, some of the ones. I'm not going to say them now because I don't want to out anybody. So today, I get a... Uh, text from this person and said, hey, I need to brief you on something. Should be should take like five minutes. This was the message given to me, which I have been given permission to give to you guys. All right, so this is a very important message given to him by somebody inside having something to do with three-letter agencies, and he's been per given permission to give this message to those who need to hear it. There are currently 250, roughly, I believe is the number, cities in the world, including America, of course, who are being held ransom in cyber attack fashion. Right now. One just happened a couple days ago. They cleaned it up. But right now, globally, um, I'm... I'm told imminently, now when I say imminently, I don't have an exact number for you, but it could be five minutes from now, it could be 48 hours from now, it could be a week or two weeks from now. It's not gonna be like six months from now. That's what it, that's what I was told. Like imminent. Um, also that something like this could pop off on a weekend because they know that people aren't technically prepared. We're talking uh, cyber attacks across cities that would potentially shut cities down. An attack potentially on the infrastructure of America slash and the financial system. Uh, it could lead into a lockdown situation, uh, which could also lead to a soft martial law. Um, and this was not like a, didn't say, hey, this could happen. This is what I think. This is not a prediction. I'm told this is what's going to happen. I'm also told to make sure your family is protected. So that video blew up on social media, along with all those other clips of military in different cities. So clearly something is being pushed here. The guy then did a follow-up video two days later. Hey, everybody. Dr. Jason Dean, Brave TV, BraveTV.com. BraveTV.com. Uh, just to follow up the other video that I did uh, two days ago, uh, exploded. Um, just people getting information. So 
my source is a military contractor, so um, I'm just going to give some more information, uh, just some updates. And there would be, so right now, definitely three cities, uh, Philadelphia being one of them, uh, that military is in. You've seen probably some videos out there, people uh, showing crafts or aircrafts coming in, helicopters, etc. There will be 17 cities. I'm not making that number up. That's just what was given to me. Um, there would be a shutdown of internet, potentially. Uh, here's the big part. So, and I'll share the resources from a standpoint of um, the 250 cities that are under uh, under ransom orders. Um, so I can back that up. That's not just me saying that or even a source saying that. I'll give you, I'll send you some links and some images of that. Uh, but you would have probably 17-ish cities in the U.S., major cities. So, like, I'm in Florida, so definitely Miami. Atlanta would be the closest cities to me that would have it, places like New York, etc. Um, also, there is equipment being brought into those cities. Military equipment. So, because when they shut down grid, so week one, you'd have, you'd have this occurring. Week two you would have server, rolling server potential problems in cities, meaning potentially that governments can't pay people, your welfare system potentially has problems, social security, things like that. Uh, again, this is just incoming information, so I'm giving you as much as I possibly can from what I understand so far. And that would cause major problems. Think about that because where the majority of, say, let's say welfare, SNAP programs, uh, EBT programs, etc., if they shut down government systems, people won't have food. So then military is there, will be there and ready, and it will be... So any chaos would be shut down as fast as humanly possible. Then you go into blackout phase, potentially possibly 10 days of darkness. I'm not going to commit to that. I'm just saying, hey, it sounds kind of vaguely familiar. Um, and then, uh, yeah, our, our, our troops would be involved with this. So again, the words given to me were soft martial law. Real quick, don't panic, don't panic. Let's just play this out. Let's see what occurs. Uh, hopefully the right people are in charge. They can take care of this and help with this. But we don't need us Americans to panic on this, all right? <laughs> right? <laughs> the world is going to end to tomorrow or next week or sometime in the next couple months. It's imminent. That means it could be in an hour or a day or three days or two weeks. Don't freak out. Hopefully the right people are in charge. Hopefully the right people are in charge. Well, how big of a red flag is that? That this guy, you know, again, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, he seems a little spooky to me. <laughs> I don't have my spook sound. But I just realized I don't have my spook sound. Um, it it, it, it seems, on one hand... It's a, it's extremely triggering what he is putting out, as is evidenced by the reaction he got from the first video. People are on mm -hmm. edge. They're, they don't know where they can get anything resembling the truth, and they're very open to you know receiving all sorts of messages. Now, 
my thinking was this is a setup to make people who are getting their information online from alternative sources discredit themselves to the people around them. You see something like this, it sends you into a panic. Ah, oh my God, we got to get my loved ones. We got to, we got to, we got to protect ourselves. And then nothing happens. And the person who was freaking out looks like a lunatic. No. Well, I mean, that always happens. I mean, that happens with a lot of this. I mean, this isn't the first guy I've seen talk about these types of things that are coming. I, you know, yeah, but he's doing it in combination people, with these videos that are that are suddenly showing up of all yeah. of this military equipment moving around. So it seems like it's something so, larger than just him doing this. I'm not saying he's a part of anything. I'm just saying somehow there seems to be a lot of the same narrative shaping up. There's a lot of things that seem to be feeding into a single narrative. It could be the next salvo in addition to the environment. Maybe. Well, and then you have this to add. What's that? Just getting people freaked out and then have nothing happen? Well, getting people freaked out and nothing happening is is one possibility. Another possibility is that they are going to switch off the lights, <laughs> that we are actually headed for <laughs> right. uh, uh, the next COVID, which, you know, once if you have a, a, a cyber disaster like that, whether it's self-inflicted or not, uh, and I do believe that if if the if our grid goes down, if there's something like this happens, it's our government doing it to us. Uh, they're the most likely suspect. But uh, if that happens, we're in lockdown again. That's COVID again. We're that's they've got us right where they want us again. Uh, and then there's there is this from CIA BS News. Tonight, senior government officials are racing to limit the impact of what one cyber expert is calling potentially the largest theft and extortion event in recent history. American targets include multiple federal agencies, including the Department of Energy, plus Johns Hopkins affiliated hospitals in Maryland and Florida, Georgia's statewide university system, and the Minnesota Department of Education. British Airways was also hit. Officials say the hackers are part of a cyber criminal gang called CLOP, believed to Operate from inside Russia. How do they come up with the name Klop? <laughs> <laughs> because they're inside Russia. They're not using English letters in Russia. <laughs> the same way they came up with the name ISIS. <laughs> Sitting around a table. Madison Avenue, right? <laughs> They've started releasing some of the data that was stolen as part of their work to extort these companies. We strongly encourage anyone who is a user of this software to, of course, patch, lock down their systems. The cyber criminals are exploiting a software program called MoveIt, which companies and government agencies use to transfer data, including personal information. 
The group steals the data and in this message, believed to be from the hackers, warns that if a ransom is not paid, after seven days, all your data will start to be published, sometimes on the dark web. Cyber expert Brent Callow says foreign adversaries and criminals will be looking to leverage the data. Overseas governments will no doubt be very interested in obtaining the information that CLOP obtained through these attacks. The FBI and the government's cybersecurity agency last week warned companies to be on alert for this kind of attack. Former intelligence officials told CBS News the threat has been circulating for weeks and they accuse the U.S. government of being slow to act, Nora. So, either something is happening or just about everybody from top to bottom is in on creating this narrative. Yeah. Well, there was also the, uh, there was like a big roundtable wargaming event a few months back that was at Johns Hopkins again, where they did the, the uh, pandemic uh, planning. They did the same thing regarding a massive uh, cyber attack. Type event, right? Klaus Schwab has talked about it. Coming. That, that it's inevitable. Right. It's going to be worse than COVID. It is going to make COVID look like a, 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 a tea and crumpets. So yeah, it might be. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's going to get exciting. Soon. This could all be conditioning for what they're getting ready to do. Uh, Why do they want to condition? What's why do they want? Why do they want people thinking about it? Because you'll more. I think you'll more easily uh, go into lockdown mode when they tell you to. When the things actually start happening. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Hunter. We ready for Hunter? All right, Hunter Biden. Are you surprised by what the news today? What did he do? He got a sweetheart deal, they are reporting. Here is Morning Joe. All right, we have some breaking news. The Trump-appointed U.S. attorney for Delaware. Don't forget, it's Trump-appointed U.S. attorney. All right, we have some breaking news. The Trump-appointed U.S. attorney for Delaware has reached a plea agreement with Hunter Biden in which he is expected to plead guilty to two federal misdemeanor counts of failing to pay his taxes. Hunter Biden also faces a separate gun possession charge that will likely be dismissed if he meets certain conditions. This is according to court documents filed on Tuesday. So we haven't seen the actual plea agreement and the charges themselves, but this seems in lines with what you could expect in a case like this. It's very typical. The law provides for misdemeanors in cases where a defendant fails to file. And so this would be, I think, within the heartland of the way the department charges these kinds of cases, if that, in fact, is what the charge is, a failure to file. As for the gun charge, this is 18 U.S. Code 922G, we've all been presuming. Certain kinds of people are forbidden to possess firearms. The one that people may be most familiar with is anyone who has a felony conviction can't possess a firearm. 
But the charges against Hunter Biden, at least on the surface of this investigation, appeared to be a more obscure portion of the statute that prohibits people who are addicted to or users of drugs from possessing firearms. That's not charged um, often for all of the obvious reasons, right? A lot of Americans um, use marijuana and that would become a an overwhelming charge. So it wouldn't at all be unusual to see someone put into some um, form of a front end program. That would mean that they would have to comply with conditions, perhaps seek treatment, hold a job, participate in certain sorts of sessions with probation. And then the potential charge would be dismissed without any action if they complete that program satisfactorily. So this seems like a decision by the uh, U.S. attorney in Delaware, who was a Trump appointee, well within the heartland of DOJ practice. So, to recap, for not paying, for, sorry, for not filing his taxes when his dad was vice president and they were raking in uh, tens of thousands of dollars a month through Burisma and any other number of, of deals that they had going on, misdemeanors. And... The gun charge. Let's let's talk about the gun situation. The gun. So, the 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 gun charge is what I believe proves most of what we learned on the laptop. the The gun charge happens because he lied on his application for the purchase of the gun. Now, how do they know that? Well, because of the contents of the laptop. That's how they know. It, it, so, because they had this photograph of Hunter with the crack pipe in his mouth, which happened just, I think it was weeks prior to him purchasing the gun, and also weeks prior to him purchasing the gun, he's on a, he's, he has a phone call on his laptop where he recorded talking to Haley, his his sister in law slash girlfriend at the time, and because uh, it was his brother's wife, his brother had passed away, so it, he then started having a, a intimate relationship with his brother's uh, widow, uh, and he's begging her to pay for his rehab so that he he can go to rehab. And the way he's begging her, it's actually, you can tell he's conning her. He wants he wants her to give him $38,000 on a credit card as a gift card so that he can pay for rehab. And she's like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Because <laughs> she knows that's just nonsense. But uh, I'm amazed watching the media just dismissive of unpaid taxes and guns these were their huge these are their huge issues pay your fair share get trump's tax returns he's a cheater at least trump had tax returns hunter biden didn't even file them and this is all totally normal for this is how a case would normally happen hunter by the way lost that gun uh, the, the official story is that Haley was afraid that he was going to kill himself with the gun, so she threw it in a dumpster near a high school. And then she later went back to try and find the gun, and it was gone. 
So basically, who knows if that's even true? They lost the gun. Now we know a lot. There, you don't have to look too. You don't have to, to search too hard in the in the news to to find stories of certainly of a lot of black people, rappers, athletes who get busted carrying a gun that they're not supposed to have. They go to jail. Not Hunter. Yeah. Not Hunter. Didn't Leona Helmsley go to jail for not filing her taxes? Taxes were for the little people. I think, uh, didn't like Wesley Snipes? Yes! Wesley Snipes, that's right. And he was given, he was given advice. He had somebody giving him tax advice who set up tax shelters for him. Wesley Snipes didn't know if I'm sure he might have suspected, but he's getting professional advice. He figures, okay, well, I mean, if they're telling me this is legal, he went to jail. They ruined his career. CNN also uh, is here to tell you why this is all no big deal. How does one assess whether this is the type of deal that a normal person, not a president's child, would get in this circumstance. And notice that a president's child is not a normal child. It's not a normal person. <laughs> They're already setting up the concept in your mind that you shouldn't consider him like everybody else. How does one assess whether this is the type of deal that a normal person, not a president's child, would get in this circumstance? So you would look to other similar cases, right? So on the gun uh, form charge, it's very, very standard for someone in this situation who lies on the form because they're an addict. The gun is long gone. Apparently only had it for a couple of weeks. It's very standard in these circumstances. Listen to that. Uh, it's just, this is very <laughs> typical. That's like Clinton. Everybody lies about sex. Well, everybody doing drugs lies about their uh, drug use on the form. It's all very standard. It's all very standard. And then, uh, and he, he only had the gun for a couple of weeks. She fails to mention that they lost the gun near a high school. That's the official story. Is it near a high school near that a- had a mass shooting three weeks later? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> for this diversion to occur and to, to wipe out the charges, assuming he successfully comes. So he's getting diversion. I want you to keep that in mind. On the gun charge, he's getting diversion, which means that if he if he fulfills whatever the court prescribes, re-education, I don't know what what community service, then the charge is expunged from his record like it never happened. Completes it, so that's totally standard. And the tax fraud is is similar as well. I mean, he paid those taxes back a long time ago. That's something that DOJ takes very very seriously when negotiating these deals. And I'll also say that Hunter Biden was an addict at the time. <laughs> so you know, it's really not his fault. He really wasn't even in control. Uh, and I saw in another clip. I don't think I have it on my line, but somebody made the point. You know. Paying those taxes is actually an admission of guilt that you didn't pay them in the first place. And some usually the IRS will take that and use it against you. Not in Hunter's case. That's it's isn't he good? He he paid those taxes eventually. He didn't. That was some some donor swooped in and paid a million dollars for him. What we don't know at this point... This is CIA BS News. What we don't know at this point is what's called the Memorandum of the Plea Agreement. This is the document 
through which in the four corners lays out the understanding between both of the parties. So Hunter Biden, his lawyers and the U.S. attorney. This is an incredibly important document and it will be filed sometime before he has a court appearance where a judge will decide whether to accept this plea agreement. And the reason I say it's so important is the central question here is whether this is the end of the road, right? in the investigation of Hunter Biden uh, and any other members of the Biden family that were doing business with him, or whether this agreement is very narrow in its scope. It's just the taxes, it's just the gun possession, and other items, other potential violations may be on the table in the future. So there's the, that's the big question. When this gets, when the document, so far nobody really has ever has seen the document except for the news organizations it's been leaked to. And they've embargoed their pieces, which they'll release the second that the document is released. The Let's make our predictions, Jeremy. Is there still jeopardy for the Bidens, or does this is this an all-encompassing resolution that is going to end this issue legally for the Bidens? Because, again, the taxes are taxes that he didn't pay on money that they were getting from Burisma and all these other crooked deals. So, what are we predicting? Whether or not, when this document is is presented to the court within the next couple days, few days, will it be a plea agreement that encompasses all of the inve- the entire investigation or is this a plea agreement that separates out certain sections of what was being investigated and thus keeps the investigation alive see if they keep the investigation alive then the FBI and other groups can s- continue to stonewall congress but if this is all of it if this is everything then they don't face they don't face any legal jeopardy anymore. That would be double jeopardy, and and to that point, no, this they'll was keep it. A, they'll keep it open. They'll keep it open. Okay, so to, this is to to this point. Here's the here's uh, Speaker McCarthy's response, and again he comes out into an echo chamber, literally an echo chamber. It's hard to understand what he says. They don't. Their messaging is just awful. McCarthy, you and your people are incompetent when it comes to messaging in the Congress. Hunter Biden plea deal and your reaction. My first reaction is it continues to show the two-tier system in America. If you are the president's leading political opponent, the DOJ tries to literally put you in jail and give you prison time. If you are the president's son, you get a sweetheart deal. Now, this does nothing to our investigation. It actually should enhance our investigation because the DOJ should not be able to withhold any information now saying that because of pending investigation, they should be able to provide Chairman Comer with any information that he requires. And that's why I, I think I agree with you. They're going to keep a piece of this investigation alive so that they can continue to stonewall Congress. Well, we're not going to talk about something that's under investigation. Yeah, right. And it's a distraction that everybody wants to focus on. And it divides and people. Around. It rubs it in people's yeah. faces. Yeah, they don't want it. They would have never let all those images of him doing the things he was doing get out if they didn't want it to. 
Here's a piece. I think of, all of it was intentional. Yeah. So you and I are predicting the same thing. They're keeping. They're going to keep it alive. Yeah. Here's a piece of the Hunter Biden audio that was. Uh, well, they to keep everybody waiting for justice. Oh, it's coming, Jeremy. You know, it's coming. Yeah. Keep everybody waiting. Hunter's going to finally go down. Here's a. Here's just a clip from his phone call. That I, I he must have recorded. It was on his laptop. Uh, his phone call with his uh, brother's widow slash girlfriend. I paid for them. They're my I, points, and I, I want to pay for rehab. So he's saying, I want to pay for rehab using points from my credit card. Now she's got control of the credit card. The, the credit card is in her name, but he these are there are like you know a million points on the card that were for money that he spent on that card. Now, he wants her to redeem those points for cash and give him the cash. And he's saying it's so that he can go to rehab. With them. Do it. Let me know, and I, I want to pay for rehab going. with the points. Please give them to, to and a gift I card. I will do it. But I want to I'm pay for rehab and give card. access to my card. I'm saying one more time. If you do not do care. that, I'm going to say fraud on every single thing because they're my points, and you have literally told me that oh I can't pay God. for rehab Don't with threaten. them. So did you understand that? He is saying, no. he's saying, I want to pay for rehab. I want to do it with a gift card. I want you to give the, I want you to put those points on a gift card and basically convert the points into cash on a gift card. And then I'm going to pay for rehab with it. And he then says, if you don't do that, I'm going to call the credit card company and dispute every charge as fraud. That is credit card fraud for him to do that. That's another crime. Even yeah, threatening that, to do it, I believe, is a crime. Even if you're the president's son. <laughs> even if you're just a normal person. Me again. I Goodbye. want to pay I'm for rehab. I'm trying to pay for I rehab. I will do it. Please. And she's even saying, send me a link. Tell me where to do it. I'll do it. I'm just not going to give you a gift card with thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of cash on it because you're a drug addict. You're going to go <laughs> inhale it. What is the big deal? What is, okay, tell because me your reasoning. Nothing so, you've said all day and night has made sense. Baby, what doesn't make sense about this? <laughs> what doesn't make sense about this? All right, so here is... This is a uh, YouTuber... Oh, I don't have his name. Um, I'll try and get it for the show notes. He put together what is a really good... Uh, history of the 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 trials of uh, uh, not literal trials the you know the, the 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 ups and downs of Hunter Biden. So the story of Hunter Biden starts out in 1988. He's 18 years old, and Joe Biden and the family are out on a trip by Jersey Shore. Everyone's having a blast until little old Hunter gets his first slip up. He gets arrested for narcotics possession. But did he get a ticket? Did he get some jail time? His dad did famously say we need to hold every drug user accountable. We have to hold every drug user accountable. But instead, he got a pre-trial intervention. Well, what's a pre-trial intervention? It's community service. While ha- So, did you catch that? At 18, he gets the same thing that he just got, which is a pre-trial intervention. He got it for the gun charge this time. Back when he was 18, it was just for drug possession. This guy's been getting the same hall pass his whole life. Instead, he got a pre-trial intervention. Well, what's a pre-trial intervention? 
It's community service while having your record expunged. All of this while your dad is the lead advocate for the war on drugs. It's 1993 and Hunter graduates from Georgetown and gets into law school. So he's in law school, he starts partying even more. And while he's partying, he meets a girl named Kathleen. And after a couple of weeks of hanging out, she gets knocked up. And within three months of that, they got married. Hunter eventually graduates law school and he gets his first real job as a big attorney, working for the biggest donor for his dad's campaign, MBNA Bank. And he was making the big bucks. He was making as much money as his dad was being a senator. And this afforded him the ability to ramp up his habit. Starts drinking from the bottle. And he's doing this for about 10 years. And while on a month long drinking binge, Hunter decided he was gonna join the military and serve his country at the ripe old age of 44. And on May 7th, he was assigned to the Reserve Naval Unit in Norfolk. So Hunter gets sworn in from a small ceremony with his father at the White House. And on his first day, Hunter had to submit a drug test. He submitted the test and then just a few months later, he gets a letter in the mail stating that cocaine was found in his system. And under Navy rules, a positive test triggers a discharge. But he was positive. It was not his fault. It couldn't have been his. Listen to this. He got a team of attorneys together and they said, we had no idea how this drug got in my system. And he suggested that when I was at the bar, I think I smoked a cigarette from these two black men and it had been laced with cocaine. So you got that? <laughs> he blamed a couple of black guys for, for spiking a cigarette with cocaine. Yeah. It's just absolutely astounding. So just a couple of months later from being discharged from the Navy for using cocaine, Hunter gets a nice cushy job on the board of Burisma with no previous experience in energy, working at the largest Ukrainian gas and energy firm. And you want to know how much Hunter Biden made? He made $86,000 a month. And then in June 6th of 2015, a very significant event happens. Good evening. The political world tonight is mourning the death of Beau Biden, the son of Vice President Joe Biden, who succumbed to brain cancer Saturday at the age of 46. His brother Joseph dies of a brain tumor. It's unexpected. It's a real tragedy. And during this time, Hunter starts using even more. And his wife forced him to go to couples therapy. And they reached an agreement that if Hunter started drinking again, he would have to move out of the house. And the day after their 22nd anniversary, Hunter left his couples therapy session drank a bottle of vodka, and moved on out. A website that encourages people to cheat on their partners is reeling from a huge data breach. AshleyMadison.com executives confirmed this morning that their website has been hacked. The Ash Ashley Madison, I don't know if you remember, that was a website where uh, they advertised yeah, you know, it was, a, a, to it was cheat a on your spouse. For, adulter for adulterers right. to go and commit adultery. And then they were hacked, and everybody who was taking part had all their information put out. It was very embarrassing to a lot of men who were uh, cheating on their wives. Ashley Madison hack happens. And you know whose name was in the database? Hunter Biden. Not only that, his credit card was on file, pictures were on file, photos were on file. And because of that, Hunter and Kathleen finally decided to separate, not get divorced, due to the Ashley Madison hack revealing that he was cheating on her this whole entire time. And after a week-long crack binge, Hunter decided, I'm gonna go just drive to the rehab myself in Arizona. While in the midst, 
of a crack episode. So he rents a car at Hertz and takes off on a seven hour trip in the middle of the night to go head to rehab. So he's driving down Interstate 10, listening to tunes, smoking some crack, and then all of a sudden lost control of his car. Jumped the median, skipped to the stop on the shoulder on the westbound side. His car was totaled. So Hunter called Hertz who collected the damaged car and gave him a second rental. And he told him that there was a barn owl that flew overhead when I was driving and I just had to swerve the car because I didn't want to hit the owl. <laughs> You've had that happen, Eleven's right? perfect sense. <laughs> the, oh, yeah. It's happened to me a bunch of times. And, and isn't, it, doesn't it, isn't it your experience that when a barn owl forces you off the road and totals your Hertz rental car, they drive a new one to you? <laughs> Say, uh, please be on your way. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that's happened to me before. Yeah, it's the, the if you have Hertz yeah. Gold, Hertz takes the car back. They give him a new one. He's on his merry way. And that night, Hunter arrived at the rehab in Prescott and dropped off the car at the Hertz Rent a Car Center. So when Hertz took back the car, they're cleaning the car. They're seeing if he left anything inside. And what did they find? They found a bag of crack, a meth pipe, Secret Service business cards, Hunter's credit cards, Hunter's driver's license and his dead brother Joseph's attorney general badge. So within the hour, the police ended up calling the FBI to get involved. And while they're requesting the warrants on the phone, the police get a call from a secret service agent. And he informs them that Hunter is safe and secure and there's no need to worry about him. Even though it was a Biden family member, the district attorney was still gonna bring a case against Hunter. So they're building a case, but then last minute they decide to drop it. The reason why they decided to drop the case was citing a lack of evidence. There was a <laughs> lack of evidence. They found a bag of crack. <laughs> they found a meth pipe. And how, okay, I, look, I don't know about these things. I don't do these things, but do you smoke crack with a meth pipe? That sounds like a very drug addict kind of know. thing to do. <laughs> Is it a it meth all... pipe technically? If you can smoke crack out of it, isn't it also a crack pipe? I don't know. If we have any listeners out there that are into crack and meth, please write us at uh, meth at truthbait.com. <laughs> Let or us know. Or just stop listening. <laughs> or or, or stop doing, no, us. no, no, no. Stop doing the meth. Stop doing, go get help. Yeah. It wasn't any uh, finger. What's that? This guy is just, I mean, he's got a lot of problems. Oh, it's a tra- it is a tragedy. Hold on, we're almost done with this. The reason why they decided to drop the case was citing a lack of evidence. There wasn't any fingerprints on the pipe, even though it was confirmed that there was crack cocaine residue all over the pipe. And once again, Hunter- He was smoking with gloves on. <laughs> what do you mean there were no prints? Hunter is on his merry way. And in regards to the whole Burisma thing with his father being the vice president, I just want to read you one. This is an actual law. Federal regulation prohibits federal employees from using public office for private gain or for the private gain of relatives. This regulation, however, does not apply to the president or vice president. So even if these things did happen, they are not illegal. This is the way government is. So what? Did you know that? That's interesting. No. Now, I don't know if this is true. I have not actually had time to go and dig this up. And he doesn't show the actual law that he's citing, but... I am extremely curious about that. Let's play it one more time. I just want to read you one. This is an actual law. Now, it it says Section 3, Conflicts of Interest, but I have no idea where in the law he is pulling this from. And it does not look like it's coming from, uh, you know, one of the 
you know, entries in one of the law, uh, what's the word, you know, in legislation or in the, uh, in, in regulation and government regulation, it, it's, it's the legal ease is so thick. You can barely understand what they're saying. And this just looks like a regular, uh, a regular standard contract you would find. Um, but here it is. Federal regulation prohibits federal employees from using public office for private gain or for the private gain of relatives. This regulation, however, does not apply to the president or vice president. So even if these things did happen, they are not illegal. This is the way government is. It's a big club and you ain't in it. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So, I, at the end of the day, what do you think? It, will he ever be held accountable? Will B- Joe Biden ever be held accountable? Yes. <laughs> I disagree. Both of them. Good morning. I'm here to give you an update on the FBI's investigation of Secretary Clinton. What I want to do is tell you what we're recommending. But first, let me tell you what we found. 110 emails, 52 email chains have been determined to contain classified information. What difference at this point does it make? That is, I think, (laughs) going to be the theme of this entire story. She's going to... She is going to uh, face judgment. Yes. Also. Well, okay, yes. I know what you're saying now. <laughs> Will they face justice in our legal yes. framework? In our, well, maybe not. In our time. <laughs> maybe not. They may not. Uh, they may not. Not in, in the world system. No. Nope. But everybody, everybody will have their day. And you know what? I don't think it matters Biden's at this point. Will too. I don't even know if it matters. No, I really don't. We all, everybody knows no. the truth. We all know it. Everybody knows it. And what happens? What happens if Biden? If the Bidens go to jail? What happens? Nothing. The machine continues Nothing. on. Nothing. All those people in that club keep going. Yes. They keep on doing what they're doing. We we continue divided. Uh, we are at each other's throats, hating the other. I, I think the number one thing that people can do to combat this is stop hating the targets you're given. It doesn't mean you shouldn't judge well, them. It doesn't mean you shouldn't dislike them. But you need to stop hating. Jesus says to love your enemy as yourself. So, I. What if you're self-loathing? Then it's hard. It's hard. You know, you look at these people; they just constantly commit crimes. They constantly screw you over. You know, you don't want to. But at the same time, like they're still like with like with Hunter Biden. I mean, the guy's messed up. I mean, he's got like he's a criminal, clearly. But he's like, that's where sometimes I'm like, you know, this guy is a, he's a lost soul. I mean, he's got, he's got much bigger problems than worrying about facing judgment in this world. 
he's a broken soul so and his father had feel, a big hand in breaking him sometimes i feel right and he's another broken soul that guy's another broken soul yeah it's hard to look at it that way sometimes you know because you see the things they do to people and that and and uh you know but in my worldview the enemy is the enemy not uh not these people in the bigger picture in the broader picture these people are uh in need in need of uh a changed heart a changed soul well everyone is everyone inside the 8 billion who are who are not banding together we have been taught to hate each other. That keeps us divided, and it keeps the swarm in control of us. It, yeah. it, we have very little power against that swarm. But one piece of one little bit of power you do have is over who you hate. And don't just hate the people you've been conditioned and told to hate. They've been conditioned and told to hate us too. Anyway, um, that's true. And here I have an example of one of these people. <laughs> this is uh, the Gray Canary on TikTok. This was another clip that was making its way around. I'm telling you, this is the content is flowing to just short circuit everyone. Everyone is being tweaked. Everyone is being provoked. This was another piece of provocation thrown up in everybody's faces. I don't like it. I don't like talking like this. I don't like being like this. In person, I prefer to see the best in people and relate to people through common humanity, even when we disagree. But these devices and these platforms are being used by radical Republicans to destroy and undermine our democracy and environment. So I am going to spit truth right back at them in this case. He literally is spitting. <laughs> He's so angry. He has spit coming out of his mouth. Yes, it is true that the climate does naturally change. 12,000 years ago, the end of the last ice age allowed humans to proliferate through the world. But it's also true that humans affect climate, you morons. It is possible to have a morning and an afternoon. Yes, nature causes wildfires. And it's also true that if you pour gasoline on fires, you make it worse. In the case of the climate, we have 8 billion people on the planet. We have never seen anything like this in the history of humanity. Do you hear that? He's mostly freaked out by how many people there are on the planet. They're in a panic over how many people there are on the planet. <laughs> in the last hundred years, we have quadrupled our population. Prior to that, we had never doubled in a hundred years. From zero to 1,500, we didn't even double. And that was under 500 million people. I thought that was called progress. Isn't that a hallmark of humanity's success? That should be celebrated that there are that many more souls on the planet. Hopefully that there are, you know, at least 1% of them are brilliant people that will help improve everybody's lives. All of our Western paradigms, all of our Eastern paradigms, all of our religious paradigms are based on a world that doesn't exist anymore, you idiots! We have never seen anything like 8 billion humans consuming, using resources. That is who they're really at war against. They're at war against the 8 billion people. 
They're going to call I get the herd. a T-shirt that says like one over eight billion. It's <laughs> <laughs> me. We are having a dramatic effect on our own home. When we say environment, it's not some woo-woo liberal thing. It's our house. We depend on it to survive. So no, we don't want to burn it down. Wake up. Yeah, he's very excited. <laughs> he sounds kind of angry. Yeah. People need to be careful out there on social media. Don't fall for this. Don't get excited. They want you freaking out. They want him freaking out, and they want you freaking out. So just stay calm and carry on. I want to apologize to Al and Joliet. I really wanted to get to your content. You know, we're going to blame Hunter Biden. You were in the show until Hunter Biden came through and we had to make room. I I promise you uh, we're going to do everything to have a giant segment for the content that Alan uh, in Joliet has been sending us. It's tremendous. Good stuff, but we're not going to go three hours. We can't do it. Thank you to everybody who wrote in. Thank you to Janice in Arizona. That was a good one, Janice. And thank you to you, Jeremy. Well, thank you, Mr. Marcus. Jeremy, remember to share the show, please. Share the show. And write us at truth at truthbait.com. Jeremy, please write me at truth at truthbait.com. Send criticisms to Jeremy at truthbait.com. About Andrew. (laughs) And I hope everybody has a great week and tunes in for the next episode of the Truth Bait Podcast. We bring it to you every Tuesday and Friday without fail. To the best of our ability. And now, back into the sea of clickbait with us all. (laughs) 